Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. The title of my message today is I'm Coming Out Better. I'm Coming Out Better. Let me read to you a couple verses. This is about the life of David. It begins in 1 Samuel chapter 22. And today I want to talk to you about how David went from being a shepherd boy to becoming the king of Israel. And I'm believing that God doesn't just have a transformation for him in mind. He's got a transformation for you in mind. And I'm believing that even through this whole process and everything that's going on in in this world, that God has you in mind. And so I want to speak this into your spirit, that by the end of this sermon, you'll be able with faith to say, I am coming out of this crisis. I am coming out of this situation. I am coming out of this world better than how I went in. David right now is on the run. He's on the run from a wicked king, Saul, and he's being chased from his home. In 1 Samuel 22, it says, David departed from there and he escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brothers and all of his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. Verse two, and it says, and everyone who was in distress and everyone who was in debt and everyone who was bitter in soul gathered to him and he became commander over them. And there were with him about 400 men. And David went from there to Mitzpah of Moab and he said to the king of Moab, please let my father and mother stay with you till I know what God will do for me. Verse five says, then the prophet of Gad said to David, do not remain in the stronghold, depart and go into the land of Judah. And so David departed and he went into the forest of Hereth. One more verse I wanna read. It's a Psalm, Psalm 57. It says, be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me. For in you, my soul takes refuge. See, David understood that though he was in the cave and though he was hiding, he said, this isn't my stronghold. Adullam means stronghold, but he's saying this isn't my real stronghold. He says, God, you are my stronghold. My situation, that's not what protects me. My country or my government or my finances, that's not what protects me. He says, God, you're the one that brings mercy to me. God, you are the one that my soul takes refuge in. In the shadow of your wings, I'll take refuge. God, I need you to cover me. God, I need you over me. God, I've trusted in things that weren't worthy of my trust. I've put faith in systems and people that weren't worthy of my faith. But when it's all stripped away, God, you're the one I take refuge in. You're the only one I got left. You're the one that was there all along. It's under your wings that you're gonna protect me until the storms of destruction pass by. And I wanna tell you, the storms of destruction will pass by. The best is yet to come. This is not the end. This is just the beginning. God has something so mighty for you, but he'll only reveal it in the cave. Think about the most incredible Psalm ever written. It was written out of a broken place, out of a dark place, Psalm 23. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. Do you know how he had to get that revelation? See, he was a shepherd, David. He knew what it was like to look after the sheep and care and protect and love and guide. And when his father forgot him, 
And when his brothers hated him, and when his king was trying to kill him, David had nobody else, but he gets a revelation. He says, but you know what? Lord, you're my shepherd. You love me. You protect me. You care about me. Even if my father forgets, you don't. Even if my brothers mock, you don't. Even if my king hates, you're my shepherd. I don't need leadership from everyone else. I need you, Lord God. I need for you to build stuff in me. You're my shepherd. I can't imagine how many people in the hour of distress has quoted this psalm. It almost has, almost has a brokenness quality to it. And broken people, they recite it because it was written out of brokenness. This psalm couldn't have been written out of blessing. It couldn't have been written out of prosperity. If someone's whole life went easy, they couldn't have wrote this song. No, this man had a Saul chasing him down. Some of you, all of us, will have a Saul in our lives. Maybe it's bitterness. Maybe it's an addiction, a substance abuse. Maybe it's a spirit. Maybe it's something in your mind. Maybe it's actions that you've allowed. Maybe it's this pandemic, but all of us are gonna face evil. And that's when God says, but will you turn to me? I'll be your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I don't need anything else. I shall not want. It's amazing what I figured out I can live without in these last few weeks. Lord, I need you. You're the only one that I can't live without. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. I pray that your soul isn't filled with brokenness at this time. I pray that your soul isn't filled with chaos or nervousness or anxiety, but I pray there's a restoration for your soul. That even when the storm rages on the outside, that you have peace on the inside because you have a shepherd who leads you and restores you. He leads you in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. You know what valley he's speaking about? He's speaking about the valley of Elah. For those Bible scholars, go ahead, put it in the comments real quick. Do you know what happened in the Valley of Elah? It's interesting, the cave of Adullam was sitting on a mountaintop, but underneath the mountain was a valley, and that was the Valley of Elah. So in order for God to bring David to the cave, he had to walk him through the Valley of Elah. It was there in that valley that David killed Goliath, in the Valley of Elah. And it was almost as if God was saying, Hey, David, I know you're on the run and I know you're in fear, but before you get into this secret place, I'm gonna walk you through a previous victory. Think about when the giant Goliath was there. He cast a long shadow and everyone was filled with fear. His brothers were there and they were afraid. And the whole army of Israel for 40 days, all they were speaking to each other was fear. They were comforting each other with fear, with mediocrity, with apathy, saying, who could go up against a giant like this? If you read the story, they said, Goliath, he, he's been a fighting man since his youth. Have you heard the stories? Have you seen how large he is? Man, that, that giant's huge. Look at the shadow of fear that he casts on everybody. But God brings David in and David says, is there not a cause? That giant's big, but my God's bigger. And he began to stand up with faith and resiliency. Why? Because he had the spirit of God on him. 
And the spirit of God is a resilient spirit. It's a forthright spirit. It's an advancing spirit. You do not have the spirit of fear on you, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. So David says someone needs to take that thing out. A couple months later, as David's on the run and in fear, God brings him back through that valley. And he reminds him of the spirit that was on him in that moment. And God says, I brought you through this valley before. I'll bring you through it again. Do you remember what God has done in your life? Do you remember the great victories that God has been a part of with you? The giants in your life that he has killed before. The things that everyone was afraid of and you were too, but God dropped on their knees. Whatever this evil is, I want you to know it's just a shadow of death. It's not the real thing. Paul says, oh death, where is your sting? Oh grave, where is your victory? See, when Jesus came, he turned death into just a shadow. It might look like it, but it's not the real thing. Jesus says the devil comes to steal, kill, destroy, run down. The devil's a lot like Saul, wants your destruction. But Jesus says, but I come to bring life and life more abundantly. I speak life over you in the name of Jesus. I speak life over your home life over your finances. I speak life over your mind in the name of Jesus. I'm praying with my eyes open. I speak life over your family. I speak life, life into your heart and your soul. And I remind you that God has taken Goliaths down in your life before. He's gonna do it again. So even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil because you're with me. God, you've been with me before, you'll be with me again. You were with me in the valley, you'll be with me in the cave. You were with me in the previous parts of my life, you're gonna be with me in the future parts of my life. You're for me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Your correction, your protection, it's comfort to me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You're gonna have enemies and they're gonna be real. But even in the midst of the presence of an enemy, God says, I'll still be your provider. I'll still take care of you. I'll still, I'll still bring provision in your life. You anoint my head with oil. and My cup overflows. God, you poured your spirit on me. You put your anointing on me. I know this current cave doesn't look like I'm anointed, but I am anointed and I am called. And God, you've got something for me. You've got a future, you've got a hope, you've got a destiny for me. I want you to, to know even when you don't feel like it, even when your feelings don't feel anointed, your head is anointed, your spirit is anointed. I pray it's anointing that overflows, gets on people around you. So surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Come on, declare it. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place for you in my father's house. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So we see David come into this cave alone and learning these deep things, but I want you to know that wasn't the end of the story. But God began to bring change even through the cave. Change even through the cave. What happened was something kind of miraculous, that God brought all of David's family around him. 
The same family that left him out in the field when Samuel showed up. The same brothers that used to mock him and hate him. When tragedy struck, God brought his family around him. And I'm seeing this and I'm believing this for your family, that God can bring restoration even in the midst of crisis and tragedy that God can bring renewal in your family, that God can bring unity in your family. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing people, in fact, someone was telling me even the other day that they're sending the stream out to their, their family in, in different states and, and all over the, the country, that they're calling each other after the service and they're talking about it. I'm, I'm hearing about people that are coming from other countries into our crews, getting saved, and they're joining on this stream today. I believe that God can bring salvation even in the midst, even in the midst of this crisis, that God can bring unity with your father and your mother. That maybe, maybe even right now, as things are getting crazy, God says, call them up again, because I'm going to do a great work here. I'm going to bring fathers and brothers and sisters together, and our common unity is going to become Jesus Christ. There in the cave, God began to bring change he brought change in David's family. He brought change with David's people. The Bible says 400 men showed up to David in the cave. And, and what's interesting about these 400 men is they came with a lot of problems. It was a misfit crew. The Bible says that, that some of the men were distressed in their mind, that they were vexed in their mind. They had mental health issues. Some were in debt. The Bible says that some of the men that came to David, that that they were bitter in their soul. They weren't right, that their spirit was off. And they, they struggle with deep hurt. And, and God brought them all together. But do you know that those men didn't stay that way? When they came out of the cave, they came out changed. In fact, those 400 men, they got a title later on. They were called David's mighty men. And they became an incredible army with incredible exploits. Why? Because God will change you in the cave. I think that God shows us this to show us a picture of what the church is. God says, come to me, all of you who are weary, who are heavy laden. Listen, if you're struggling with depression, if you're vexed in your mind, I'm believing that God can bring you right now, even through crews and digitally around his presence and his spirit, God can bring us together right now and God can begin to change you in this place. If you're in debt, financially, or maybe you're even in debt to God, where your debt is sin and shame and guilt, God's gonna bring us together before his presence in this place. And I'm telling you, we're not gonna leave the same way we came in. Maybe you're distressed in your soul and you're bitter. Maybe you've been hurt by church. I'm here to tell you that this is a picture of what church is. It's a bunch of misfits. It's a bunch of people that don't have much to bring. We struggle with anxiety. We struggle with debt. We struggle with wisdom. We struggle in our spirit, but God brings us all together and says, what would I do with the most unlikely people? I'm gonna change them. I'm gonna give them strength in their mind. I'm gonna bring them out of debt. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring them out of that dark place of their soul and I'm gonna bring them into strength. So David's men, they came in as misfits, but they left as mighty mighty men and women of God. I'm praying that for us, church. I'm praying that for us. And lastly, we see that David went in, a shepherd boy, but he came out a commander, a general. He went into the cave, a shepherd boy, but he came out with an army. He went into the cave alone, but he came out with a family. 
He went into the cave a boy, but he came out a man. I'm believing that you're gonna come out on the other side of this with a brand new life. I'm believing you might go in a dad, but you're gonna come out a, far, a father. You, you might have gone in, um, you might have gone in with, with a broken marriage, but I'm believing you can come out with a restored one. You might have gone into this pandemic, into this cave with bitterness in your heart and your soul, but I'm believing you can come out healed. You might have gone in weak, but I believe you can come out strong. Why? Because God wants to put his spirit on you and his spirit is a resilient spirit. I wanna to declare to you today, this is not your end. I pray that you don't put on the warm blanket of victimhood. I pray you don't put on the warm blanket of apathy. I pray you don't put on the warm blanket of, of safety, but I pray you rise up. I pray your prayers get strong. I pray your resiliency comes in you. I pray the fight comes back into your life, comes back into your prayers, comes back into your home. I pray the fight comes back on you. You are gonna come out of this thing better. I, I don't know. I don't know what it's gonna look like for you, but I can't wait to see it. I wonder what you're gonna look like at the end of this pandemic. You need to tag someone and tell them you won't even recognize me. I'm believing the worshipers will come out writers. I'm believing the, the prayer intercessors will come out prayer warriors. It's amazing when you can't control anything around you, that's when you begin to get on your knees and say, God, I need you. But you're not gonna, you're not gonna forget how to pray after this pandemic. God's gonna teach you how to pray and how to see things change. Prayer warriors of our church, stand up, begin to pray. Pray over our church, pray over our community, pray over the A-team, pray over Cruz, pray over our state and our world. You know, our prayer app is called the Global Prayer App. I pray we stand in the gap even for our world and that God teaches you the power of what happens when you begin to pray. You're gonna come out of this pandemic better, brighter, stronger. I pray that the spirit of fear is not the reigning fear in your life. I pray that thing gets thrown off you, even as I speak right now. The spirit of fear gets thrown off you, and I pray the spirit of fear begins to rise up in your heart, that you will no longer have sleepless nights. You will no longer be filled with anxiety or terror that comes in the night, but I pray a hedge of protection around your house, a hedge of protection around your mind, that God sets his angels around you to support you, be your strength and your shield in this time of need. You're gonna come out of this thing better. And I can't wait to see it. I wonder what God's trying to do. <laughs> Seems like God wants to start a global revival, an evangelistic revival. More people are being saved now than we've almost ever seen before. More people are coming to our church from more places than we've almost ever seen before. I wonder if we're gonna come out of this better. You're gonna come out of this a preacher because you're gonna to learn to preach to yourself. Where do you think David had to learn to say, bless the Lord, oh my soul? It's because he didn't feel like blessing the Lord. It's because his soul didn't feel like worshiping. And so David had to take charge. And David had to say, soul, you bless God. You tell him that he's good. You tell him that he's worthy of worship. You say, well, I don't feel that way. Yeah, but God's greater than my feelings and he knows all things. So you need to learn how to preach to yourself because I'm not there, but you're there and you've got a spirit on you. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. You're gonna learn how to take every thought captive and submit it to the word of God. You're gonna begin to read the word in a brand new way. Church, hear me, we're gonna come out 
of this pandemic better, with strength and spirit, faith-filled hearts, bright eyes towards the future. The best is yet to come. And it might look different, but, but God is going to use us in a highly impactful way. So let's rise up. You know, there was another king that spent some time in the cave as well. This was King Jesus. And after he was crucified on the cross for three days, he was in a cave. He was in a tomb. And he was waiting. He was waiting. But hear me, Jesus came out of that cave because he has a resurrection power and resilience rose up in Jesus. And just as he walked out of that tomb, one day you will walk out of this cave. At the end of this story, the prophet says to, to David, now depart out of that cave. But you know, David left that cave, but he always carried what he learned there with him. So that even when he was in the castle, he never forgot the cave. No matter what blessings God brings, remember this moment of pressing and crushing and bring this thing with you. I'm not going towards pride. I'm going to stay humble. I'm not going towards, towards uh, society or culture as my God. I've determined in this dark place that you alone are my shelter. When Jesus came out of that tomb, he came with resurrection, resilient power. And he came out and put his spirit on you, which means you and I, we're going to come out. He's our king. He's our leader. His spirit's on us. And so now Jesus says to you and I, Ephesians chapter five, verse four, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Darkness is not your portion. It's not your destiny. Defeat is not the end of your story, but God has a light that he's gonna shine on you. That this cave is temporary, but we're gonna come out changed and I believe we're gonna come out better. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening to the Awakening Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. If you want to learn more about our church, visit us online at awakening.global. We'll see you soon.